Hola. Konnichiwa. Are you born? Moyen. Kaisho. Ahlan wa sahlan. Bonjour. Grüß Gott. Annyeonghaseyo. Heyo. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Global Dogs. I'm Amanda Alcotti. And I'm Melissa Johnson. And we are UGA Global Education Advisors. In this special episode today, we're going to be highlighting the Peace Corps and everything you can do right now to prepare for this international service experience um, available after graduation. And for those of you guys that don't know, the Peace Corps is a two-year service opportunity. It is a program that is funded by the United States government, and a lot of times it is a lot of students that right after they graduate will go and participate in this. Um, It's a pretty competitive program, but it does look really, really good on a resume, and a lot of times students that are interested in pursuing international opportunities will use this because they can get uh, non-competitive eligibility after they complete a full term um, of service. Yeah, so there's a lot of great things to know about the Peace Corps, and to learn more, we're going to break it down into interviewing three different people today. Uh, First, we're going to talk with Harrison Walsheimer. He's a Peace Corps regional recruiter and also returned volunteer from Cambodia. Then we'll talk with one of our UJ faculty members, Pablo Duncan. He actually works at the UJ Latin American Caribbean, Caribbean Studies Institute as an associate director and outreach coordinator, but he also hosts the UJ Peace Corps prep certificate, which is done in conjunction with Peace Corps. And is a great way to prepare and make yourself more competitive for Peace Corps. And he also was a returned Peace Corps volunteer. Lastly, we'll be interviewing with Sarah Quinn, who currently acts as the UJ School of Law Associate Director for Global Practice Preparation. And we're going to talk to her about what she learned and experienced from her time as a Peace Corps volunteer in Morocco. So let's jump into it. We're going to start with Harrison from Peace Corps first. So today we have the pleasure of talking with our Peace Corps field-based recruiter who works at the University of Georgia, Harrison Welshimer. So thank you so much for being here. If you could go ahead and start by introducing yourself, maybe when and where you volunteered with Peace Corps and how you ended up in your current position and what do you do now? Thanks, Alyssa. Yeah, I'm Harrison. I was lucky enough to be a volunteer in Cambodia where I taught English. And the way I got there was I just had always loved good stories growing up and they always seem to be around people who travel the world and particularly the true stories. Despite that, I, I was stayed in Wyoming. That's my home state and hadn't really left too much. It wasn't until a friend of mine joined Peace Corps and raved about it. I mean, she just was in love with her experience and we did a video chat and she was in Nepal. I think I applied like that night uh, after that phone call. And six months later, I was in in Cambodia, landing in the airport in Phnom Penh. Right now, I am a recruiter for the agency and just relocated to Atlanta. So very exciting to start a new chapter. Awesome, thanks for that intro, Harrison. So the first big question that we have for you is, we don't know that all students that are on campus know even what Peace Corps is. So could you tell us a little bit about just what is Peace Corps? Absolutely. It's actually great timing to do this interview now because we are celebrating 60 years as a government agency and a lot has changed in 60 years. And Peace Corps has seen has been witness to not just what's happening in the country of the United States, but around the world. And I think that's what gives Peace Corps a really unique view of of world events. Uh, It's actually a great story. Real quick, I want to tell it because it's such a good story. Uh, John F. Kennedy was running for president and at the time he was senator. And he lands in Michigan. He has a campaign event there the next day. And it's like midnight. He's exhausted from weeks of campaigning. And all he wants to do is go to the hotel. And the guys on the planet tell him, yeah, we'll just get you to the hotel. You'll get rest. You'll be great. 
Well, he lands, there's thousands of University of Michigan students waiting for him. And he's, he's got to tell them something, right? So he shares this idea he'd had about what if, what if we had an agency that sent U.S. citizens to live in other parts of the world to promote peace by building friendships? And then, you know, the students were really excited about it. They clap. He gets whisked away so he can catch his rest. Well, two years later, he's president. And those students didn't forget what he said. And he got more correspondence, more letters. This was back in the time when you wrote letters. He got more letters about starting the Peace Corps than he got about any other agenda that he had. So he signed an executive order on March 1st, 1961. So literally just 60 years ago. And Congress passed a few months later to make it official. And, and Peace Corps has been sending U.S. citizens abroad ever since. That's a really amazing story. I didn't know that about its history. Another thing I wanted to ask, though, was about sectors, too. Like, what exactly does the Peace Corps cover internationally in terms of service organizations? Oh, good question. Yeah, so what does that look like when you send Americans to work internationally? We have six job sectors. The biggest one is education, and that's the field that I was in. English, teaching, but we also do, we teach math, we teach science. Other job sectors, community economic developments, going to deal more on a kind of a financial project side in your communities. Agriculture, which is what my friend did in Nepal. She helped in the rice fields in Nepal. We also have environment, youth and development, and then finally health. Those are the six job sectors that we have. Awesome. Thanks. Another question here for you, just more generally, I guess, what are some of the big highlighting benefits of joining Peace Corps. Obviously it's an amazing experience, but maybe highlight a few of those benefits for us. Yeah, I had never traveled abroad before joining. Well, that's not true. I had traveled abroad a little bit, but not in a big way before joining Peace Corps. And I'd always like dreamed of just like seeing the world, never stopping. And the people I met though, in my short little international trips I did, they always were like, on their last dollar, right? Like, oh, I've been gone for eight months, but now I don't have money. I'm like, I, I would go back to the bank I worked at and think, gosh, if I could do that, but I don't want to run out of money. And I'm so glad that like Peace Corps does not expect you to spend a single dollar of your own money to, to have this experience. And that's that was a big benefit in my eyes, not to mention all the benefits of doing serious work in an international community. So there's so many, those are the two big ones for me, on on other sides are you get grad school benefits when you finish Peace Corps, when you finish your service. I think what to me, we're at 120 plus programs now or universities, more than 200 actual programs. And that's a minimum 25 percent off tuition at those programs. That's what we call the Coverdale Fellowship Programs. So big graduate school benefits. You get almost $10,000 in readjustment allowance. What that is, is it's a lump sum of money that helps you return to life in the United States, which if you can save that, like that's, that's a huge chunk of change. And in addition, the one that's really helped me was non-competitive eligibility for government jobs. And that puts you in a, a pool of candidates that don't have to go through the normal process of getting a federal government job if you're just a, a citizen. So that's how I actually got this job as a recruiter. So lots of like actual tangible benefits 
let alone the countless, I think, intangible benefits of actually having this experience as an American citizen as a, and a human being living somewhere else. I'd, I'd say that's, those are the countless benefits for sure. So a lot of the returned Peace Corps volunteers that I've had the experience of getting to talk with have had some pretty interesting stories. So we've got some questions here for you just about your personal experience. And the first one that we've got is, what was your biggest surprise during your service? Initially, it was how much I struggled. I am a pretty, well, from Wyoming, you like, you get raised to be tough, you know, be the tough Wyoming kid, blah, 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 and whatnot. And I really thought I was pretty tough until I joined Peace Corps. And I really struggled with the heat, the humidity, just adjusting, right, to the diet, really, through my stomach for a loop for a little while. And I'd been working for a while. I didn't realize how comfortable I was until I left for Peace Corps. And I was willing to give all those things up. Like mentally, I prepared to give that up. I didn't realize though, like it, how strong its hold was on me until it was gone, right? So that was the biggest surprise initially. What was maybe the second biggest surprise or maybe the biggest surprise overall was how easy though, once I did let go, once I learned to adapt, how I didn't miss it. Like I literally just couldn't miss the things from back home. I was just so into what we were doing in Cambodia. I was so interested in the culture, learning the language, not saying it was all like a trajectory of down and then up forever. That's not what I'm saying, but I am saying I was, there was so much going on. There wasn't time to think about home or maybe some of the things I wasn't there for, you know, seeing friends on Facebook doing this and that. I didn't care anymore. I was like, I'm doing something so amazing. Like, I just don't got time for what everybody else back home is doing whatever they're doing. Yeah, it's, it sounds like an amazing opportunity to really just focus on yourself and focus on the work too. That's yeah. that's great. Focus on your new family. Focus on your new friends. Yes, there were times where it could be easy to maybe get on social media, see what your friends back home are doing and what you might be missing out on. But I just, after, like I said, I didn't even have the temptation after a time to care because one, I love learning a new language. I think it's one of the most exciting things you can spend your time doing. There's, there's nothing like having a conversation and like actually getting somewhere in that conversation. That alone was fascinating to me. And then just transportation. Transportation was always different every day. And so that was like an all, I love that kind of problem solving. And I'd say if you're wanting to volunteer, like if you're someone who likes problem solving, being a Peace Corps volunteer is an amazing experience because you're constantly problem solving. Even just the small things is a, is a problem solving adventure. So there are a lot of things you did have to adjust to. Maybe what was one of your biggest challenges and how did you handle it? And what did it do for you as a, a you know, just evolving yourself? Heat, for sure. On the flip side, though, you learn to deal with it because every you don't know any better in a way because everybody else is also dealing with it. So you just you just roll. You know, at first I was like, man, it is hot here and it is humid here, but that's what you're surrounded with. And everybody else is going, they live in the heat, the humidity. So you just adapt. You, you become truly, that's part of the integration you just become like Cambodians who have been living there for thousands of years. And you realize, oh, I can do this too. But it, it was always there. It was always there. And it was always, I have to admit a little bit in my mind of I'm uncomfortably warm. 
that and then beyond that i think the other the other challenge that was always there was just communication the desire to because there's so many there's not just learning a language which i think for me growing up in the united states and not having much experience outside of wyoming learning a new language was very structured it was you go to class you study the language where you're mostly speaking English for the whole time anyway. And, and then you leave class and you don't even think about that language anymore. When you're actually in another country, it's, it's not, you realize it's not just the words you're trying to learn anymore. It's you're trying to learn the context. Why do Khmer people use this word instead of this word when they both could work in the sentence and you're, that's, that's culture. It's, it's a cultural thing. It's a custom. And so what I found was really challenging was you would say something and it would make sense, but Cambodians wouldn't understand it because of the, I, I said it and it contextually, it didn't make sense to them. So that, that could be a real challenge. And the magic being on the flip side is that once you start to make those connections and start to figure out, Oh, these aren't just words I'm using. This is like, there's a whole culture thousands of years behind this language. I need to understand that magic really does start to happen. The good news at UGA is hopefully some of our students are going to be a little more prepared for hot, humid weather than maybe uh, <laughs> yeah. somebody from yeah, my yeah, Wyoming that's true. I, I hear summers can be a bit uncomfortable here. They can. Uh, I mean, nowhere near as bad as Cambodia, so I can't. I can't say that, but they we we do experience some heat and humidity for sure. <laughs> I, I do want to add though, like I, that was one of my biggest fears. One of my, my biggest fears going was food poisoning and not being able to adapt to the heat. And guess what? Both things happened. I got hot and I got food poisoning and really bad food poisoning. And yet I would go back in a heartbeat, right? You get over it. You just learn to adapt. Your stomach adapts. You learn what to eat, what not to eat. You know, has it been sitting out how long? So you don't eat it. And after it's just my biggest fears, funny enough, were definitely no reason to not go. If anyone were like concerned about health, safety, that kind of thing. Those were my concerns. And now that I've done it, I'm like, oh, I can do this. Great. So for all of those students out there that are convinced they do want to do it, but they want to be putting their best foot forward and they really want to make sure they're super competitive. In this podcast episode, we are going to talk about our Peace Corps prep a good bit. But are there other ways besides that program that students can make sure that they're you know, going to have a competitive application when they apply? Good question, man. I, Peace Corps prep is definitely it's on campus. Take advantage of that. For sure. Other things that I would recommend is truly commit to being someone who wants to serve. And you can do that now. You don't have to go to another country to serve a community. You can serve Athens. You can serve. I know in the virtual world that we live in, maybe you're not in Athens at the moment. Serve where you're living or serve virtually. And I think one of the best things you can do is share your education. It it is the fastest, easiest way, in my personal belief, to help someone else is to share very powerful knowledge. We were teaching English. Peace Corps believes in that. That's why education is such a huge component of what we do in our jobs. So that's what I would recommend on a tangible way. Get involved in a community, an underserved population in your community, and share your knowledge in whatever that may be, but find a way. The other thing is, so that's service. Talk about service in your application. And then also start to really mentally prepare beyond, this is beyond your application, 
mentally prepare yourself for what it means to be away from home for 27 months. I think those are, that's something that will always be a challenge. You will recognize during moments of your service that, wow, I, I'm a little lonely maybe, or I just need another American voice right now, but I, I don't have one because, well, you know, the cell towers are down or I just can't get any, I just can't communicate with another American. I'd say prepare mentally for that. And that will come across. If you do that before your interview, that kind of mental preparation definitely comes out in the way you talk about wanting to serve, the way you talk about wanting to be a Peace Corps volunteer. Well, thank you so much for just in this short time sharing your passion and some wonderful tips for our students about Peace Corps. If people want to reach out to you, what's the best way to contact you? Oh, absolutely. So email is very good. I have a very long last name, so forgive me. It's H-W-E-L-S-H-I-M-E-R at peacecorps.gov. That's Peace Corps with an S at the end, C-O-R-P-S. Gov. Also, phone number is great, 404-649-7132. Well, yeah, thanks again. And with that, we'll wrap up here. We now have the pleasure of speaking with Pablo Duncan. He is here from the UGA Latin American and Caribbean Studies Institute at UGA. He's the Associate Director and Outreach Coordinator, and he also works with our Peace Corps Prep Certificate Program. So, Pablo, thank you much, so much for being here. Yeah, thank you. Um... Again, my name is Paul Duncan. I've been here at UGA since basically the late 1990s, but I've been affiliated with the Latin American and Caribbean Studies Institute since about 2002. I'm the associate director of that institute, and for a long time, I've been involved with Peace Corps. I was a Peace Corps volunteer in the, the late 1980s, but I was also a trainer a couple times in the 90s. Uh, so I lived a few years in, in Guatemala. That was my country of service. Uh, I also uh, spent uh, about a year and a half working and living in the Dominican Republic. Um, in both situations, in programs related to uh, the environment, natural resource conservation. My background is actually in forestry. And I've spent some time in Asia and, and I've, I've kind of kicked around, but I've been at UGA for a long time, a couple decades, and uh, I've been helping to coordinate this Peace Corps prep program since we started it. Very excited to talk about the certificate program that is just uh, really flying and, and doing very well here at the University of Georgia. So our first question about the Peace Corps prep certificate is who's eligible? What kind of student would qualify to be able to start the Peace Corps prep certificate? So the easy, quick question is any student. If you are a student in good standing at the University of Georgia, you can consider the Peace Corps Prep Certificate, particularly, but not exclusively, if you're interested in serving with the Peace Corps. The vast majority of students who do the certificate do it because it enhances their competitiveness to ultimately serve with the Peace Corps when they graduate. But there are other students who, for whatever reason, aren't able to join the Peace Corps, but they want to be able to demonstrate cultural and linguistic competence on their resumes that show that they have an international, uh, international experience or international connection that makes them competitive for jobs. So, um, you know, we have lots of students who start as freshmen. Obviously, it's easier as freshmen because you can help to plot out the various courses and requirements for the certificate. 
But we've had plenty of students, for example, in specific sectors of Peace Corps that align with their majors, like health or agriculture or natural resource conservation, uh, who have taken a lot of the courses and perhaps even done service to uh, even their senior year be able to qualify and secure the certificate before they graduate. So the vast majority are freshmen, sophomores, some juniors, and a sprinkling of seniors, but essentially any student who's interested in serving with the Peace Corps or interested in international work uh, should in, should consider the Peace Corps Prep Certificate at UGA. It's uh, definitely a really great resource. I think it's cool that you're seeing an increase in students participating in the certificate. So now could you tell me a bit more, tell us a bit more about the specific requirements of the certificate? Yeah, so any student who's interested in the certificate, if they simply Google UGA Peace Corps Prep Certificate or UGA Peace Corps prep certificate brochure, they can, they can go, th that will lead them to the certificate brochure that demonstrates the various requirements for the certificate. And they're not enormous, but they, they do require planning uh, to be able to secure the courses and do the other elements of the certificate that are required during your tenure as a student. So the first part of the certificate is coursework. And there are six different sectors with Peace Corps. And students, the vast majority of students at UGA may have a passion or an interest in any one of those six sectors. So the sectors are agriculture, community economic development, education, environment, or natural resources, health and youth and development. Those are the six sectors for Peace Corps. So the first thing any student should do is sort of think about which one of those sectors they think they're a good fit for in terms of their academic coursework, in terms of what their passions are, all of that. So you need to take a minimum of three courses that are directly aligned with one of those six sectors with Peace Corps. Now, some students, for example, let's talk about agriculture. Maybe they're in the College of Agriculture. So obviously they're securing those three courses as part of their major. But maybe you're not a student in agriculture, but you have a, a very strong interest in agriculture. You may be able to, based on how much time you have at UGA, you may be able to take, for example, three electives in the College of Agriculture to, to, to meet that requirement for the Peace Corps prep certificate. So if you're a UGA undergraduate student, don't think you have to be a major in one of those six sectors because there are lots of certificates and minors that you can consider that will easily allow you to meet the course requirements, the three course requirements for one of those six sectors for Peace Corps. All right, that's, that's the first element. That's a really good tip. Yeah. I also yeah. just for students too, like if you have a passion, there is a lot of great options for major for minors and certificate programs. And this is a great way to capitalize on that. So absolutely. And pro tip right there. That, that's right. And and I'm a good example of that. My undergraduate degree was in physical geography and geology. So I had the science background and the natural resource conservation background based on my majors, 
even though they weren't specifically focused on things like forestry or uh, natural resources, I easily accrued the necessary course requirements to be able to be in the natural resources or what's known now as the environment sector. So lots and lots of students aren't ag students, but they grew up on a farm and they were interested in maybe getting a degree in sustainability or a, a certificate in sustainability, maybe a minor in agriculture, whatever, because all you need, and you know, you consider that the minimum bar, but all you need are three courses for the purposes of this certificate in one of those six sectors. Okay, the next element is foreign language. Now, any UGA student who gets to at least 2001 of any language that's offered at UGA meets this requirement for the certificate. Now, we do include in the brochure that students who are specifically interested in serving in Latin America should strongly consider getting to 2002, which is second semester intermediate in Spanish. And the reason we do that is because Spanish-speaking countries, for whatever reason, are highly competitive. And if you want to definitely secure a Peace Corps placement in a Latin American country, then getting to at least 2002 will dramatically enhance your ability to get into that region. But for the purposes of the certificate, all you need to do is get to first semester intermediate, which is 2001, in any language offered at UGA. And there are lots and lots and lots of languages offered at UGA. The next thing you need to do is get one course in, quote, intercultural competence. Now, every single UGA student has to get a cultural diversity course as part of their graduation at UGA. So whatever that course is that an undergraduate UGA student takes to meet that cultural diversity requirement, that's what you plug in for our certificate. And we actually have on the brochure a PDF that you can click on that shows every single college at UGA and what courses all of those colleges offer to meet the cultural diversity requirement. So you have to take that one cultural diversity course for the Peace Corps prep certificate. The next thing you need to do is take two, what we would call global studies or area studies courses. Those could be courses in Latin American studies, Asian studies, African studies, um, the School of Public and International Affairs, SPIA offers dozens of courses uh, that are related to global studies or international affairs. Those kind of courses obviously count as well. So you just need two courses that focus on a region or broadly global studies of the world. And in terms of coursework, that's it. Okay, so three sector-specific courses in agriculture, community economic development, education, environment, health, or youth and development, getting to 2001 in any foreign language offered at UGA, one cultural diversity, what we call intercultural competence, one cultural diversity course, two area studies or global studies courses, and you're done with the coursework. It makes sense. And yeah. it doesn't sound as complicated when you dole it out like that. Uh, it does seem you can incorporate a ton of that into just what you would be planning on taking 
anyway for a degree program so it really is uh uh the the requirements for the certificate depending on what your major is and how early you start the certificate it really mm -hmm. is a very easy thing to do and it's a wonderful thing to add your resume the other thing i want to point out is this isn't something if you do this certificate that will go on your transcripts this is something that you will put on your cv and if you apply for peace corps we have what's called the exit checklist which you would upload to your peace corps application to demonstrate that you actually secured the certificate and by doing that, it sort of puts you in the passing lane of everybody else who's applying for Peace Corps. So it dramatically enhances your competitiveness to get a placement with Peace Corps. So we've discussed all of the course requirements, pretty simple. Uh, one of the other elements of the Peace Corps prep certificate that we didn't discuss, which is of course very important because it directly aligns with Peace Corps is service. So, in a perfect world, a student who's a certificate student will do 50 hours, that's the minimum bar, a minimum of 50 hours of service in the community, whether it's in Athens or Atlanta or anywhere, um, that is tied to the sector that they're interested in. So, again, you know, I teach a horticulture course, so I always fall back on agriculture, but it could be any sort of major. Let's say maybe you're a public health student. Um, so if you're a public health student and you're interested in the, the health sector with Peace Corps and you're doing the certificate aligned with the health sector, you just need to find 50 hours within the greater Athens community or here in Georgia um, where you can do health-related service. And this could be in a community health clinic. Uh, it could be, you know, volunteering to help with the COVID pandemic. It could be a, anything you can imagine that is service related to the sector that you're interested in that you can document will count for this element of the certificate. But because Peace Corps is a service organization, it's part of the U.S. government, and you are paid as a Peace Corps volunteer. You don't have to take out loans or anything. Peace Corps wonderfully covers you while you're a Peace Corps volunteer and it even gives you what's called a readjustment allowance when you come back to the United States. In spite of all of that, um, you know, in the end, Peace Corps is a service program. So ideally, Peace Corps wants to see through this certificate actual experience doing health-related uh, in this case, what I was speaking of, health-related service. But it could be in agriculture, it could be community economic development, it could be environment, education, youth and development, any of those things. So the service element is very important. Now, somewhat tied to that uh, service requirement is some example of leadership. And so oftentimes when I meet with students, I will tell them in a perfect world, if you're able to tie the, uh, the leadership component, some demonstrating some significant dem uh, example of leadership for the certificate, if you can tie that to the service hours that you're doing, wonderful. It doesn't have to be that, but if you can do that, great. Some students maybe are in uh, UGA student government. 
maybe they're involved in leadership with their uh, sorority or fraternity or the dozens of student organizations that exist at UGA. Anything that demonstrates leadership that you can speak to and provide documentation to will count for this certificate. And then the last element of this certificate that is a requirement for the certificate is what's known as professional development. And this is very easy to do. One of them is to do a, uh, a uh, interview workshop with the Career Center, interview skills workshop. And basically these are offered through the UGA Career Center. I'm, a sh I'm, I'm certain they're offered virtually right now because we're still in the middle of this COVID mess. Um, but I'm sure the Career Center offers them, if not uh, weekly, certainly multiple times every month. So you wanna do one of these uh, interview skills workshops with the, uh, with the Career Center. And the other requirement for professional development is what's called a resume or a CV critique. And again, you can do these through the UGA Career Center. Um, but typically with certificate students, I recommend that they do that with the uh, recruiter, the Peace Corps recruiter who is assigned to the University of Georgia. His name is Harrison Weishamer, and I think you guys are gonna do an interview with him at some point. So Harrison can do the resume critique. And this is, I, I recommend that they do this, <coughs> excuse me, because students who are interested in serving with the Peace Corps do, as part of the Peace Corps application, need to provide a resume. So in a perfect world, that resume should speak to all of the wonderful strengths that those students have to get into the Peace Corps. And so all it would involve is putting a resume together, sending it to Harrison. He will do track changes on it to help enhance the resume to be as competitive as possible if, if and when that student ultimately applies for Peace Corps. And that's it. We've, we've covered all of the elements for the certificate. It's a piece of cake. I, I need to also mention, because I will forget, that UGA was fifth nationally last year in uh, the number of students who received the, the uh, Peace Corps. No, we were in the top 10 in students who received the Peace Corps prep certificate, and we were fifth nationally in sending Peace Corps volunteers abroad, graduates from UGA who joined the Peace Corps. So the University of Georgia is a real hotbed for students who serve abroad with the Peace Corps and secure the certificate, whether ultimately they join the Peace Corps or not. It's still a wonderful, wonderful thing to have to enhance your resume. And I think that's that covers the requirements. Yeah, and just to close things off, so if any students were interested in reaching out to you, would there, what would be the best way for them to contact you? So uh, typically students who go to the Peace Corps prep certificate page uh, for UGA, uh, I think they have the opportunity to elicit uh, questions. Typically any question related to the certificate comes to me. Um, if a student starts the certificate, uh, that also comes to me. 
And a student who starts the Peace Corps prep certificate is considered a pending student. And so they're considered pending because in order to actually officially be a Peace Corps prep certificate, they have to do a 20, 30 minute chat with me where I regurgitate all of this content about the certificate and answer any questions they have about their major, about how they can make this work, uh, you know, as a, as a return Peace Corps volunteer and a trainer for Peace Corps, somebody who's been connected to Peace Corps for a couple decades, I have pretty much all of the answers in my head uh, to, to address questions that they have and to connect them with our recruiter. So I always encourage students who start the certificate or are interested in starting the certificate to also at some point communicate with our on-campus, well, not on-campus, but our uh, UGA uh, recruiter, uh, Harrison, to just let them know that you're doing the certificate and that any specific questions they have about Peace Corps in the 21st century, he's the person to, to communicate with. So it's very easy for students to, uh, to connect with me. If they don't necessarily, if they hear this podcast, they can easily just shoot me an email. It's just pduncan, D-U-N-C-A-N, at uga.edu and say, hey, I heard the podcast, I'm interested, and I can help sort of thread their way through the process to become certificate students. Thank you so much. And let's move on to our next interview. And our next interview is with the Associate Director for Global Practice Preparation at the Dean Rusk International Law Center at the UGA School of Law, Ms. Sarah Quinn. So if Sarah, if you wanna go ahead and introduce yourself, that'd be great. Just tell us a little bit about who you are and your Peace Corps experience. Sure, thank you so much for having me on here today. I'm always excited to talk about the Peace Corps. I served as a youth development Peace Corps volunteer in Morocco in a small rural village called Kamslot from 2011 to 2014. My primary job there was English language instruction, but I also ended up working on some small business development projects with local artists as well. So Peace Corps is obviously a big commitment. What made you decide to commit to Peace Corps? This is an excellent question. I probably have one of the like less compelling answers. I knew I wanted to do Peace Corps since high school. I was told about it at that point. And honestly, for most of my life had lived in kind of a, a homogeneous environment. So I was surrounded by people who had the same background as me, kind of looked like me, didn't really travel outside of Atlanta, Georgia, and just was very drawn to this idea of living in a different country, in a different culture for two years. And I think that that immersive aspect was really interesting to me. Um, I unfortunately didn't have very good reasons beyond that. I was just really excited about this idea of a new experience, but having it be an extended one as well. So not just going abroad for two weeks, but actually being able to live somewhere and call it home. And so I knew that that's what I wanted to do after college. And yeah, I, I applied my final year in, in undergrad and was accepted and was placed in Morocco. So that, that is what drew me to it. Upon reflection, I, I think that, you know, some of the reasons that I, I wanted to go 
were more related to like a desire to learn about other people, learn about different languages and cultures. But at the time, I would probably have just said like, it's the adventure I'm most interested in. I always love hearing people's stories from their time serving with Peace Corps. So do you think you could give us a couple of your most memorable moments from your time in Morocco? Sure. So one of the most memorable moments that really has to do with why I was there serving in the the youth development sector was this one week camp that I designed and ran with a local cooperative of women artisans who I had been working with for a while. I, the experience itself was like really cool. And I'll talk about that in a bit, but why I loved it so much was because it was one of those projects that came out of like a long time working with these artisans, building relationships with them and sort of organically coming up with this idea of a camp. And the idea came out of their, honestly, their concern that a lot of younger people were not becoming artisans anymore. With the rise in education retention in Morocco, which is normally a very good thing, they were seeing more and more young people stay in school longer and not as many drop out and learn trades. And so they just weren't seeing as much youth interest in becoming artisans. And they were honestly worried about their craft dying and and just not being continued. And so we talked a lot about, well, you know, how can we, how could we do something about this very large, very complex issue? And they kept saying like, well, if we could just like make it fun, if we could just like have a time for, you know, younger children to just sit with us and learn with us, like some structured opportunity, like maybe we could show them that it is fun and it's not something you have to choose, um, you know, to do instead of school, but it's something that you could do on top of school. And so we thought that maybe a camp would be a good idea because Morocco has like a surprisingly like pro-camp culture. They love doing camps, summer camps especially. And so we designed this one-week camp where they were going to sit with the artisans in the morning, kind of learn about the history of each of the crafts and then work on the crafts with them, you know, under the guidance of these artisans. And then in the afternoon, they would get to hear from a, a variety of guest lecturers. And that sounds super boring, but they were these incredible speakers from the community and from Marrakesh who, you know, knew how to interact with younger audiences in a dynamic way. And they they kind of fleshed out the idea of what it could be to be an artisan. So whether it was talking about like running their own business or whether it was talking about the history of, of the artisan sector in Morocco or whether it was like talk, a, a female politician was talking about the power of women being economically independent. And so it was just this really interesting like week-long experience where they got to see this kind of the whole picture of what it could mean to be an artisan in Morocco. And I just, I enjoyed working with artisans on it. I enjoyed working with the younger girls in our community. There ended up being about 200 girls who, who like came and engaged with us. We had planned for about 40. So that was, um, you know, a little bit of a surprise, but it was just really engaging. And it was really cool to see that project arise out of, of their their concern and their interest in keeping their craft alive. On a more like fun, low key note, I have this really great memory from Peace Corps of a friend who I worked with in town asking if I wanted to ride my bike with him to the next city. Then in true Peace Corps fashion, I just said yes. I didn't ask too many questions. 
and the the city that was close by ended up being 42 kilometers down the road. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm not a professional biker, but it was just one of those things where you're just like, okay, I guess I'm riding 42 kilometers to the next city. And we like just spent the day like riding our bikes down this like country road and got to see the landscape. And it was, it just ended up being one of those really cool things where you know, you're, you're just going with the flow and you just go where life takes you that day. I love that. Just enjoying the unexpected and also really cool how you were able to really make an impact by working with the community and doing that really cool camp. So both awesome experiences. Of course, some things that you can't see coming either are challenges. Maybe talk a little bit about a few challenges you faced during Peace Corps and how you overcame those. Yeah, so I think that the biggest challenge for me up front was this process of language learning. Most Peace Corps countries place you somewhere where English is not predominantly spoken. Morocco is no exception, and Morocco is particularly complex with its linguistic history. The majority, or I would say the, the official language of Morocco is modern standard, standard Arabic, which nobody speaks. Everybody speaks kind of a, a colloquial dialect called Dirija which is not written. So you have to learn it basically just by being in it and practicing with people. People also speak French there. They speak Spanish. And then in smaller cities or smaller villages, people speak indigenous dialects called Amazirs. And so depending on where you are, you might learn Derija, but actually not speak it in the day-to-day. And so there were lots of layers of complexity. And I'm not somebody who's considered myself very good at learning languages. So I went into it having taken like Spanish and Italian and nothing that would prepare me for learning Arabic. So, so yeah, like language learning in and it's in and of itself is difficult, but I think there's an added layer in Peace Corps because you, you need it to do your job. You need it to form relationships with people. And so there's just kind of this added stress where, you know, you, you need to learn it. It's not for a grade. It's not for a test. And so it took me a while with that, with the whole language learning process to kind of become comfortable, to feel like I could be independent, you know, and go to the local like cooperative and introduce myself and explain why I'm there and kind of seek out work to have those complex conversations with the artisans that I was mentioning earlier, like it took a long time to get there. So I think that, you know, that's, that's a huge challenge of, of most of the Peace Corps placements is just kind of figuring out how you can best communicate with people using the, the different languages there. Does Peace Corps give you resources to learn that language and practice, or is it really just learning it on the go? So Peace Corps, I would say, doesn't, excellent job of of giving you the foundations. So the first two to three months that you're in country, they will provide you with a language instructor. instructor. They're called your language and cultural facilitator. And you're basically learning language from the ground up from, you know, when you get there to when they put you in your permanent site at about, you know, two to three months. There, they do give you an allowance where you can pay a local tutor to continue your language learning. That's on like an as-needed basis. So it's up to you if you think that you need that. And I definitely took advantage of that too. And I would say that like I only became comfortable kind of conducting my daily life in Derija about one year in. Like it really did take me that long to feel confident 
Um, but the great thing about Peace Corps is they put you in those situations where you have to learn it. Like there's no, there's no one to hide behind. Um, and so uh, I really do feel like I, I was able to learn the language because of Peace Corps. Um, I don't think I would have learned it in any other setting. How would you describe the impact Peace Corps has had on your life? So I would say um, I'm I'm a volunteer, a Peace Corps volunteer whose life was like completely changed by my participation in the Peace Corps. Um, I knew going into the Peace Corps that um, I wanted to work in education in some aspect of my life. I didn't know what that would look like. Um, and after Peace Corps, I realized that, um, you know, what, what I found so valuable personally being there was what I was just talking about, you know, how you're able to be embedded in a culture and really get to know people and understand the, the layers of why people do what they do. And that, that intersection of, of culture and politics and society. Um, and I felt like I had such a formative experience that I wanted to help other people have that kind of opportunity. Um, and so after um, Peace Corps, I got my master's in education um, because I felt like I wanted to know, um, I wanted to understand more formally what what good education looked like. I felt like I had a lot of experiences and I had, was sort of like a self-taught educator, but I wanted to understand um, in a more like systemic or systematic way how education worked, what was good pedagogy and things like that. And then after that, I uh, was able to get a job at UGA. Um, I first worked in the Office of Experiential Learning and then moved to the Office of Global Engagement. And now I'm at the School of Law. And what I do now is I manage a portfolio of international programs for our law students. Um, so that is how Peace Corps directly led to what I'm doing now professionally. And then of course, I can't ignore the fact that I also ended up marrying somebody I met in Peace Corps. So it's also, you know, affected me uh, personally. Um, I worked very closely with my now husband, Mustafa. He actually introduced me to the women artisans that I was speaking about earlier. We clearly worked very well together um, and got married in 2014 and have been living in Athens uh, for a couple of years now. But um, yeah, it's it's a great, I mean, we, we stay very connected with Tom Slot. We stay very connected with the artisans that we worked with at that point. Um, and yeah, I would say it's it's definitely, definitely changed my life in unexpected ways. We always love a surprise love story. <laughs> Oh man. Well, thank you so much uh, for talking a bit about Peace Corps, your passion for it, and how it's really impacted you in your career, your personal life. Uh, so our last question, just to wrap things up, do you have any suggestions or tips for students who are considering Peace Corps or even on the fence about Peace Corps? Yeah, I the, the piece of advice that I always give to people is to talk to as many return Peace Corps volunteers um, current volunteers, if it's, you know, non-COVID times as possible, because um, I think everybody has a slightly different experience. Um, I think that, you know, if you talk to people who have both positive and negative experiences, you can start to hash out if it's right for you. Um, if somebody's negative experience 
would be negative for you is, is up for you to decide. Um, so one thing, for example, that I hear a lot of volunteers talk about um, that affects them negatively is the lack of support um, from like Peace Corps headquarters. For me, um, the lack of support, what that translated to was, you know, my uh, supervisor didn't check in with me every single day. She was incredibly supportive, but she was also very hands-off. And so for me, as somebody who liked doing things on my own, that was totally fine for me. But if you're somebody who really thrives on, you know, somebody checking in with you, somebody, you know, helping you think through things, um, you know, that's just something to be aware of, that that might not be the type of support that's available for volunteers. Um, I do, I, I think that Peace Corps is not for everybody. And I, I think that's okay. It's a very unique experience and it might not be where you end up thriving. Um, so you'll get that information by talking to a lot of different people all over the world. Um, you know, a youth, a youth Development Peace Corps volunteer in Morocco has a very different experience than a Youth Development Peace Corps volunteer in, you know, um, like Colombia, for example. Um, and then the other thing that I kind of wish somebody had told me before doing Peace Corps is to really think about what skills um, you want to bring to the Peace Corps. Um, hard and soft skills, but just to think about it as, you know, you're going into this other country, this other culture, you want to do work. Um, you want to, you know, impact the community positively. So how, how do you want to positively impact them? What, what is the mechanism through which you're going to do that? Um, so I, for example, was able to get teaching experience prior to going to Morocco. And oh my gosh, that helped me so much because I ended up being tasked with coming up with an entire English language curriculum uh, because my community wanted to learn English. So I had to design it somehow. Um, and I think it's a little bit different now because of all of the resources on the internet, but I think it's a larger question of, you know, how are you going to impact your community in a positive way? What skills can you develop now, whether it's language, whether it's getting certified in TEFL, whether it's being certified in CPR even can be super useful. So thinking through that, I think will will prepare you as well. Well, thanks so much, Sarah, for sharing your story. We really appreciate the time that you spent with us today. And uh, hopefully we'll have some students that are interested from hearing what you've said to actually go and apply. Yes, and you can find information about the Peace Corps Prep Certificate on our studyway.uj.edu website. And if you'd like to learn more about Peace Corps directly, you can go to their website, peacecorps.gov, which is P-E-A-C-E-C-O-R-P-S.gov. Thank you. Yeah.